right, Big Spike Podcast, episode 44, right back on the horse the next day. Um, oh, yeah, I got to throw a shout out to Zebrahead. Thanks, guys. All right, enough of that. Uh, yeah, this, this was a bad one. This, this you'll see a true dark side from me today. I'm just, you know, I'm order, but this is a bad one, Vort. I'll let you go first. Go. Mac, I don't even know where to start. All I can tell you is by the end of the first quarter, first goddamn quarter, I was yelling, mercy, mercy, mercy. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> this yeah. was as close as the worst case scenario as you can get. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, our rookie quarterback, while Bill Belichick's rookie quarterback looked like a seasoned vet. The difference in two quarterbacks to me was it was night and day. You had one guy, who, and I'll let you guess which one is which. One guy looked <laughs> like every bit a rookie quarterback trying to make plays, forcing the ball. And one guy looked like a seasoned vet who said, okay, I'll take what the defense gives me. It might not be big explosive plays, but I'm going to protect the ball, leaving my team in a position to still have the ball and score. We're going to play smart. We're going to play careful. The Jets are not doing anything. They don't need to force anything. That was the difference. Um, I, I again, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be level-headed about the whole thing. Oh, sorry, that was my computer mic. Um, I'm trying to be level-headed about the whole thing because it's week two. We are the youngest team in the NFL. There is just so many things that are progress for the Jets can be measured in so many things besides wins and losses, but. This was just bad all around. And what frustrated me today, actually, is kind of the the old ghosts of the Jets. The, the run was working. The running game was working. We had three running backs averaging over four yards a carry. I'm looking at the stats right now. Michael Carter, 11 for 59. That's 5.4. Ty Johnson, 12 for 50. That's 4.2. Tevin Coleman, 5 for 24. That's 4.8. And to add, uh, and to boot, Zach Wilson ran three times for 19. That's 6.3 yards. And yet, I don't believe they ran the ball enough. How do you expect a lead back to get in rhythm with the 11 to 12 carries, while the Patriots, who are notoriously never really use a dominant back, had 16 carries for their league uh, leading rusher, Damian Harris? Just this game left a lot to be desired. I, I understand it's Belichick, and he just has a curse over rookie quarterbacks. But oh boy, this was this was New England Patriots big brothering us, giving us a noogie, a wedgie, a swore, everything possible. And I, I'm gonna shut up because I I want to let you jump in. But this gave me no good feelings and no positive takeaways from this game. There you, there you go. That everything you said from you know Mac Jones did this and and um, especially like we're young and we expect this and blah blah blah. And and you want to just see progress? I saw none. There was you know at least from Zach Wilson's standpoint, I, I really am not in a mood to try and be positive, but at least the defense looked good. And, um, you know, the running game looked good. It's just Zach Wilson was terrible. And if Zach Wilson is going to, is not going to succeed, then it doesn't matter whether the rest of the guys are, are all pros, you know, pro bowlers, whole pros, hall of famers or anything else. He's got to come around. And what I saw from him was, was, I don't know if it was seeing ghosts or overmatched, but he was making terrible throws. Not only was he inaccurate, but he was throwing the ball into places he shouldn't even try. And that leads me to believe that he thinks he's still in college and can do the things he was doing Bingo. there. Yeah. Oh, you stole the words out of my mouth. It's not going to work here, man. He, and hopefully he's a smart enough kid to have learned that today, that you know, all of those little tiny gaps that I think I saw were not there. And 
you know, whatever else. And, and, you know, Corey Davis didn't help him that, that first interception should have been a catch, but you know, I, I would have been much more apt to blame the receiver for it if he didn't go and throw three other ones after that. It was just it was just freaking miserable. I have a lot of notes that I wrote as I watched the game because I wasn't able to watch it live. So I got home about 20 to four. Game was probably just about over when I got home. I threw it on and started fast forwarding through commercials. And then, you know, by the second quarter, I knew I was wasting my time, but I had to watch it anyway. Just freaking just disastrous. And and it's a shame because the defense played a really good game. I mean, they had they got gashed a few times, but that's going to happen. Uh, but the defense played really well. And you know, to, to touch on Mac Jones, I saw a lot of good things, but I, I wasn't again, wasn't overly impressed because I think he might be at a point where he's. He's at, he's at his ceiling of talent already. He's just making the smart play. I didn't see a lot. Again, same as always. I did not see a lot of talent. I saw a lot of smarts, and a lot of smarts might win the games. But I don't think he's overly mobile. I don't. I don't think he does anything particularly, really well, for lack of a better way of putting it. But he's smart and and he's accurate when he throws the ball. And if they keep putting him in positions to win, he'll be a good one. So I, I'm going to continue to disagree with you partially, but I am going to begrudgingly give you credit for picking out that he's um you know he seems to be a lot more game ready than our guy for sure at least it's it's a little scary how while we disagree sometimes although i don't remember the last time we did how similarly we see certain things the two major things that i will say one now that my rant is over and i had a chance to take a breath i apologize i do take away two positives from this game one the biggest one by a mile is the performance of the defense the fact that they didn't give up they didn't get any breaks, the, the Jets, quote-unquote, drives were so quick. And the defense just, when it was their turn, they put on their helmets. They hustled. There was no, oh, okay, this one got away from us. Let's just kind of go through the motions, which we saw a lot under the last coach, in my opinion. that We saw a lot of that under the last coach. As soon as the team went behind, the heads dropped. That was like, oh, there's not going to be any adjustments to fix this. In this case, losing, losing, losing more. Guys are just strapping their shoulder pads, putting their helmets on, and they're going out and playing. And they're, you can see the effort and the hustle is there. And the other big thing is, um, obviously, I predict that the Crowder is going to be the game MVP. That worked <laughs> out really well about 15 minutes before kickoff when he was confirmed as officially out. But the the guy that I'm really developing a crush on, Braxton Barrios, instead of being a forgotten man, led the team with seven catches for 73 yards. I believe he can be that uh, Swiss Army knife who can catch those little uh, wide receiver screens and with his speed make things happen. So I was happy that uh, he wasn't forgotten. And a shout out to the truly forgotten Denzel Mims. Two games, one catch, Literally 41 minutes. Well, he wasn't even in there today, was he? Nope. I don't remember seeing him at all. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with that guy is. I mean, I, I I would say that it was someone else's draft pick, but it wasn't. So I don't know what the problem is and it whatever. I'm not going to worry about that now because it doesn't matter if if Jerry Rice and Randy Moss were out there. Wilson wasn't going to wasn't going to do much today. He just I don't I don't know if it was similar to Darnold with the ghosts and, and the things that Bill Belichick does, but you know, Wilson looked he had a couple of nice throws, but I don't even think even the, even the good ones didn't look good. He never looked comfortable. It was just he was just kind of on his heels and running around all day. And it's just, you know, I hate to go in the direction of same old Jets because this is not same old Jets. The, the same old Jets is a bunch of veterans who, is, who you expect to win or whatever. But it's just the same result anyway. And it's so friggin' frustrating to sit there and watch the same thing over and over. It doesn't matter the circumstances. doesn't matter who it is. It's the same stuff. Bad penalties. You know, just, you know, I, I made some notes here. The second play of the game 
first of all, this 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 is not the Jets, but second play of the game, the Pats freaking the guy catches a ball and then fumbles it, but they ruled forward progress. Yep. I was so I, right away. I was like, you got to be kidding me! Right off the bat, Brady's not even here anymore, and these guys are getting <laughs> these ridiculous calls. That was terrible, you know. And then um. You know the Jets uh, almost intercepted a ball. They dropped it, and then you know it turned out there was a there was a neutral zone, in, a, um, a neutral zone infraction. Anyway, I mean it's just there was there was a roughing the passer. The, the Patriots would have been in a third and eleven, but the Jets, you know, the guy hit him helmet to helmet. All these little things that are just so everything I did not want to see. I could have handled today's result if it wasn't for the constant bad penalties and just and just dumb plays that they that they consistently made and again you know it was hard to see but they did get it together a little bit in the second half i mean the patriots had you know i forget what the score was at halftime but the patriots didn't score much in the second half couple of field goals and and the defense played really well the offense came around so so they did make whatever adjustments they could make i don't think there were a lot of adjustments to make when your quarterback throws every other pass to the other team but um, you know, there are some positives to take. I, I just want to wallow in the misery today because they annoyed me so much. And and it's not even like I went into this with high hopes, like, yeah, come on, we're going to win this. I mean, I expected them to lose. I'm just, it's just so frustrating seeing the same things. I wanted progress and I really didn't get much progress at all, unless you really want to give some credit to some of the, you know, surrounding guys, the defenses, this, that. But, you know, we're going nowhere if Zach Wilson is, is going to be overmatched in every game and he's been overmatched right now for one full game and half of another game so you know the jury's out but it's it's starting to look starting to look like we might have a, a little bit of a um a little bit of a project on our hands here you know yep listen you said the perfect phrase that i agree 150 percent with because when i was watching the game that's the thought that crept into my mind by the second or third interception I literally leaned back and I said, this guy's playing like a college quarterback and he's treating it like he's playing on a top 10 team and they're going against an unranked bumblefuck team where he just goes, we're so much more talented. Anytime I see one-on-one or possibly even one-on-two coverage, my guy is so big, so fast and so dominant, I just have to throw it up there. He's coming down with it. He's going to have to learn pretty quick if he's, going to sur- if he's going to survive in the NFL and thrive in the NFL. That shit doesn't work. Unless you got a Hopkins or a Calvin Johnson, one of those guys who can really go up and get it, and how often do those guys enter the league? You got to make smart throws. It's not just uh, you're not playing in the backyard where my big brother is bigger than your big brother, so I can just throw it up there while backing up. You can't throw a 50-50 ball with Elijah Moore who comes up to my kneecap. You just can't do exactly. that. You, know? you can't do exactly. it. Plus, yeah, Elijah Moore, let me let me talk about my annoyance for a second. He He's played two games he's annoyed me twice even though today he actually made a catch but he was wide open on a swing route and ran and immediately ran out of bounds now i know it's probably his momentum but couldn't he have straightened the route out a tiny bit before he made the turn so that you don't run out of bounds when there's no one within 15 yards of you he, he might have taken that into the end zone they, he, he ran out of bounds at the 20 there was a very good chance he gets to the end zone or at least inside the five on that you, you remember did you you know which play i'm talking about if you're talking about that big play when he ended up being wide wide open yeah uh, yeah We've reached the point of our podcast career where we're going to strongly disagree on this. I think he completely had to readjust his body because of the throw that took him off when he was going full speed. So I think when he caught it, he was really off balance. I don't know if it's him being a rookie, him being a young guy, but he, I think he focused on catch the ball, get two feet inbound. Doesn't matter if he had five feet or a foot of uh, of green turf. He was really focusing on getting the ball, uh, getting his feet on bounce, and making sure that it's a secure reception. So that did not bother oh, me at all. I I viewed it as the throw completely took, took him offline. Yeah. 
we might be talking about a different play because he, he ran pretty much looked like he came out of the backfield on a, on a wheel route and was all by himself. It was probably a 15, 20 yard pass. And he, he was running towards the sideline, but he, he caught the ball and his momentum just carried immediately out. He, there was no question of getting his feet in there. It wasn't, it wasn't that kind of play. I think what happened was if the ball was slightly offline, he might've had to adjust his route slightly so that he was running towards the sideline instead of along the sideline. But it's just, just the just luck. I mean, they're, 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 you know that that play takes him into the end zone, and they're back in the game. And this guy's by himself. There's nobody within 15 yards of him in any direction. And if anybody behind him would have been close, supposedly he's a burner. He might have beat them. So maybe we're talking about different plays because he didn't have to struggle to get his feet in. On I this think one it's the all. same. Pl- I think it's the same play, and it's the way that I verbalized it. I'm a little off. It's it's not the sense that like he had to tippy toe to get it in. I'm just trying to imagine what might have been going through his head when he's basically wide open with nothing but green ahead of him. And the ball takes him offline and makes him readjust his route. I think maybe his brain scrambles of like, shit, just get the feet in, get the feet in. Um, so I agree with you. He had plenty of room, but I think his balance was completely jacked up the way that throw uh, reached him. So his whole mentality was catch the ball, secure possession. And so I was okay with that. We got That was one of the plays we actually did get positive yards on. So I dare yeah. not nitpick on the two or three positive plays we managed I'm gonna today. Nitpick. I'm going to nitpick that he that he got basically hit in stride and had to run immediately out of bounds. I'm going to nitpick. I'm going to go look at the play again. Maybe I just uh, maybe I just didn't look at it the right way. It just it seemed to me like maybe he had to adjust his position slightly. But I, I'm thinking he ran he ran the route the route 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 he ran in a direction where his momentum carried him out of bounds. Whereas if he would have turned slightly up 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 you know upfield, he would have he would have been running along the sidelines like everybody does against us. But, let me see what some of my other notes are here. Um, you know, at one point I thought the defense was going to get tired because they got you know another interception. And the first play was a twenty-eight yard, um, you know, a twenty-eight yard uh, screen pass to James White, who just t- just basically ran through a knife like butter. And I'm, uh, yeah, knife like knife through butter. And and I'm, first thing I'm thinking is like it, the first quarter is just about over. The Jets have had the ball for maybe maybe a minute and a half. The Patriots had the ball the whole quarter. The defense is going to get tired quick, and and here it comes. And and the defense never gave. So I, I was wrong about that. So you know, little bit of little bit of um a little bit of a dark side uh, mentality going there, and it didn't work out that way. But the offense just never gave him a chance. I, I have to go back and see. The Jets had the ball for the last minute of the first quarter, so I don't know what that ended up being. But before that. I'm thinking if the Jets had the ball for more than two and a half minutes in the first quarter, they I would not. be absolutely shocked. You're absolutely right because the first two possessions for the Jets, and I, the only reason I know that is the announcer actually made a point of mentioning it. Oh, the really? first possession uh, was either 45 or 49 seconds. The second possession was 38 seconds. That was the Jets' first two offensive possessions. Right, so Good that? luck a, letting the defense, yeah, minute, especially the big guys, catch their breath. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see if they if they have the um... – I, I don't think they break time of possession down by quarter in the app I use, but whatever the case is. So 38 seconds and 45 seconds is basically a minute and yeah, what minute and a minute and 30. I can't, I'm, why am I not able to add 38 seconds to 22? So a minute, 23 seconds. And then they got the ball left with a, a little a ball with a, a little over a minute left. So, so basically the jets had the ball for something like three minutes in the first quarter and they were down 10, nothing at the end of the first quarter. And it could have been worse. And that's the thing here is the sad thing is, is the defense kept them in the game and this could have been much worse. 25 to six was a bunch of little nitpicky freaking field goals. One of them late in the game just should have been in this game. They absolutely should have been in this game. And instead it looked like a huge blowout 
could have been a huge blowout. The defense kept him in, and hopefully that turns into something a little positive as the season goes on and the Jets can, you know, the defense can continue to play like this while the offense tries to get its bearings. Because if not, this is just going to be another freaking long season. With, and I don't see a lot of progress being made if it continues like this. And realistically, as much as I want to say the game was closer than the score indicates, this was... By all accounts, you can call this a borderline blowout, and the game was not as close as the score indicates. This was not a game in any sense of the word. This was a scrimmage where the Patriots called in their JV team and said, listen, guys, we got to beat you up a little bit, work on some things, but, you know, suck it up and keep lining up. That's that's what it was. It was never a game. It was never a close contest in any any way, shape, or form to me. So here's here's something I wrote down. It was like this there's a sequence of when the Jets had the ball, then it went back to New England where the Jets defense was playing great. And then and then, you know, the Jets got it back and get a big play and then boom, interception. But basically the Jets had third and goal from the two. And I'm thinking, you know, you're down ten nothing already. This is three down territory. I don't want I mean four down territory. I don't want to see you know, get stopped on the one and then freaking kick a field goal. But of course they go and lose the yard. So now it's from the three yard line. You gotta take the points at that point. So they kick off Patriots, you know, three, three and out, and the defense looked great. I mean, big hits, lo- you know, hits for losses on passes. Jets get the ball back. Coleman gets a big gain on first down, and boom, another interception. It's like it's like he killed every every little ounce of momentum the Jets ever got, and that that was that might have been the most frustrating sequence for me is because they go down there, they score, it's ten three, they stop them, they get the ball, they they start to move, and boom, the guy gives the freaking ball away again. It's oh my, uh, these were the I'm ultimate so momentum killing. These were the back breaking type of interceptions. These were like these were the rookie mistakes that make you rip your hair out. These were not well, you know what? We were losing by twenty, so they opened up the offense. He made some rookie throws, mistakes. These were rookie mistakes when the game was. Mad manageable and should have been a game and he just completely you said it just game altering back breaking momentum killing interceptions every which way yeah just awful okay so now first half thoughts obviously that was all the first half offense was terrible uh, and said or rather wilson was terrible running game was decent the jets are lucky to be in this game maybe they can overcome with a good second half and turn it around (laughs) a little optimistic there but um I don't think I was very far off at all. I mean, Wilson Wilson was the issue all day. And although one of those interceptions, I, you can't necessarily blame the other guy, you know, with Davis, but that, that was a catchable ball. Or at the very least, he, he could have tipped it and knocked it away. But the other ones, I mean, they're all Wilson. Even if they were plays and they were tipped and whatever else, he's throwing the ball into double and triple coverage at times. And, you know, it, it's just... Yeah. It's all I put this all on Wilson today, and I don't I don't love the game plan either. I mean, as usual, the Jets are just they just you know we'll get to the fourth quarter where they where they just kept running the ball and huddling with nine minutes left. It was it was driving me crazy. They went to a no huddle for like a minute, but we'll get to that. But I, I guess at some point when you know your quarterback's not having a good day, he's confused, he's just giving the ball away. You you have to change your game plan a little bit, but it's still frustrating to watch when. There, you know, I, I, dude, I'm so frustrated. I can't even freaking think straight anymore. They, 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 just, they just drive me crazy. They, they haven't done this to me in a couple of years. And by by early October, we'll be rooting for losses for the draft pick anyway. But still, it's just freaking driving me I mean, nuts. the way it's looking now, it's it's looking ugly. It's definitely looking like a project. You and me both hoped that the offseason at least laid the foundation. Uh, that we were hoping that just on grid and being well prepared we're gonna look a little bit better but right now we look like a young disorganized team with a rookie quarterback 
and uh, a somewhat lacking talent around him, but he's certainly not making life easier for his own self with the choices he made today. No, and you know the next two, the next uh, the next two weeks are not going to be easy either. They're at Denver next week, they're not winning that game. They have the Titans coming in. I know you said you're going to that game. The Jets are not beating the Titans. The I'm Titans have a little glory, but they're not game. beating the Titans. What's that? I'm not looking forward to being in attendance for Julio Jones and the King Henry doing their thing against the Jets. That's uh, going to get out of hand. So there's a very, very, very good chance we're going to be 0 4. Then we then we go, then we visit Atlanta. You know, I mean, is that can we call that a winnable game? I mean, they're not that good, but it, is it truly a winnable game on the road against a team with with that much talent on the offensive it's side? They put up 25 winnable, points yes. against Tampa. But what we have to understand, the reality is, every single team in the NFL. Who has the Jets on their schedule are circling that game, saying that's certainly a winnable oh, no. game. I, absolutely. I'm just trying to see what, what we're going to do to avoid going 0 17 because mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of winnable games on here. Right after I mean, that, I, I after think we have I think Falcons, we have and then we're, we're somewhere at down New the England. Line. Yeah, we're at New England. We're not. We're probably not. Probably not beating them again. Um, Bengals come here. That's. I mean, they can play with the Bengals. That I'm sure. If over. you want to talk about. The, the reality, the Jets probably are not as good as anybody. So they were all not winnable games. But if you're going to talk about somebody they might beat, you know, the Bengals and the Falcons are two of them. Then we're at the Colts, then the Bills, then the Dolphins, then the, at the Texans, which we will be at. We're going we're gonna to have to do a whole episode on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the Houston trip. Then the Eagles, who we've never beaten in our lives. Then the Saints. Then the Dolphins again on the road. Then the Jaguars come here. So then the Bucks and the Bills we end the season with. So if we if we do better than than three and fourteen, I would consider this a victory based on what I'm seeing here. You're you know, right. there's always this a point, win they sneak in, but still. At this point, we are. It, it, I don't want to say in danger, but uh, it's it's a dark reality that we might be looking at a two or three win season yet again. Again, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, let me see what other notes I have here. Penalty on the kickoff. Oh, the the, the one play the defense was terrible on was that running back who who broke. Yeah, I called it 122 tackles in my notes. Obviously, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but he did break seven. Or I saw six. The guy on TV said seven, so whatever. We'll call it six and a half. He broke six and a half tackles, carried guys into the end zone. Now it's 19-3, and you know the game's over at that point. If they ever had a chance, that was it, it, it was wiped out at that point because they weren't yeah. winning that. And after all of that shit, um, now now I'm starting to curse in my notes. I'm just sick of the same fucking bullshit. Doesn't matter who's out there. Um, another interse- another goddamn interception. <laughs> Ugly your, sack and uh, then a missed field goal. Groundhog Day again and again. Yep. <laughs> if, uh, putting the notes aside, just kind of as a fan, what's your takeaway on the Jets coaching today? Um. Head coach or coaching in general? Overall. Uh, while you Overall. kind of gather your thoughts, I'll tell you. I don't want to jump to too many drastic conclusions because, again, it's week two with a very young roster. Uh, I feel really, really terrible, like one of those annoying Jets fans who week two I'm already complaining about the play calling. But for the life of me, I didn't understand when the run was working why they felt that they had to put it in Zach Wilson's hands and try to uh, try to make big plays through the air when he showed that the uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't really he wasn't panning out to be one of his finer days. So that was uh, that was a big takeaway. It's it's gonna take at least half a season for me to start panicking about the coaching situation. I think it takes a while for the coaches to really kind of leave their footprint on the team as far as how they're gonna call games, how gonna 
how they're going to prepare for games when the games count. And again, I believe to a, to a degree, the coaches' hands are tied in the sense of they do have the youngest roster in the NFL. So I think there there's not based on anything that I read. It's just me guessing slash hoping as a fan. But I think there a lot of coaches are putting the emphasis on coaching these guys up as far as understanding the schemes, getting used to the speed of the game. It's not about wins and losses right now. Of course, they're going to stress wins. It's, that's all what it's about. But I'm hoping that behind the scenes, the fact that we do have the youngest roster, the coaches are really trying to focus on the guys that are sponges, the guys that are going to be here, not just for this season, but the guys that are that, that they see the potential in being the part of the roster for the next three, four, five, six years and beyond. So hopefully those guys that have been earmarked as the the now and the future of the Jets. It's let's focus on really coaching them up and understanding the schemes and where and what we expect of them. Don't worry about the results on the field right now. And that's kind of, that's what I need to tell myself to fall asleep tonight because everything else was just a nightmare. All right. Well, I am going to try, I'm going to try and and overcome my, my dark side or mentality, which right now is just like we're back in the same position we've always been. And I'm going to, I'm going to do what I always say people don't do. And, and I always pride myself on being able to take a step back and look at this and see the plan. So I'm going to try and do that. I'm a little annoyed. If we had done this tomorrow night, I would have had a day to absorb, but I probably wouldn't able to do it much easier, but I'm going to, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and, and say what should be said. Okay. You, you and and your and your take on it kind of kind of slapped me in the face and made me realize that I'm being a whiny little bitch that I complain others that I say others are doing. So basically, you're right, right? The coaching staff is new. This is not like you know we brought in uh, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick to to run to run the team and they've got years of of all of this to to kind of gel everybody together. So not only do we have the youngest roster with all these rookies and young guys. We have coaches who are coaching for the first time. LaFleur never was an offensive coordinator. He'd never called plays before. You know, Sala is a new head coach. I'm not even sure about the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure who he is. I know his name's Jeff something, some fan I am. But at this point, you know, and, and I've said a number of times that the preseason is, you know, it's it, the first few games of the preseason now. And and I, I guess I'm getting away from that but by my annoyance and, and just how bad they've looked. But we're still in a period where these guys are feeling each other out and trying to, you know, get a feel for what they can and can't do. And, you know, the coaching staff's no different. So I am going to say I did not love the game plan either. I I, I feel that there's, I, you know, you said there wasn't enough running, but I felt that there was too much of a reliance on the run in bad situations. You know, when, when you know, I forget exactly when it was, but the Jets got stopped on first down, something happened, or they got a penalty, something like that, and then they, then they ran the ball immediately. Now you're in the third quarter, you're down 16 points, whatever it was at the time. You shouldn't be running on, on second and 10 or first and 15, whatever it was. I don't remember. So little things like that make me, make me think back to, you know, the Adam Gase days when he would just run his game plan and, and, and whatever was next on the playlist was, was played, was the play you run, whether it's applicable or not. So I, I don't love the play calls, to be honest with you. Salah, I love that he went crazy early in the game. I love the yep. emotion. Yep. Uh, other than that, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I. I would have liked to have seen him take a timeout with a minute left in the minute and a half left in the half when the defense is playing so well and try and get the ball back. He didn't do that. Didn't end up mattering. Um, so. So I don't. I don't really know. Defensive coordinator. I have to give credit. The defense looked really good. 
in in most cases they had some they gave up gave up a couple of bad plays but that's that's par for the course so overall i am not really ready to judge them yet this is all just off the cuff stuff based on an emotional opinion you know so that that's that's pretty much my take. I am not ready to judge the coaching staff yet. Not like I am the players. The players I can judge because I know much more about it. You can see the performance. You can't necessarily see the performance of the of the coaches unless it's something blatant. And I don't think other than a couple of play calls, I didn't love. I didn't see anything really blatant from the coaching staff. I did get a little annoyed late in the game. Um, I even made a note that the Jets. Oh, good. The Jets are in a no huddle. I like it. And that was with about nine and a half left. They were down. 22 to three. So you got a three score game. You get, you need two, two extra points. I mean, a two, two point conversions and a field goal. And then, you know, and then they started huddling. So they got the ball down to seven minutes and kicked the field goal. Then they got the ball back, you know, three and out, they get the ball back and they're huddling. They're taking their time. There's no freaking urgency. You're down, you're down two scores and there's no urgency at all. I mean, they got down there and ended up not doing anything with it on fourth down, but there's gotta be some kind of sense of urgency. And I see this with every other team when the game is on the line, they're, they're running right up to the line, running the next play. And I don't know if that is because they just don't have confidence in Wilson yet. But it it aggravated me anyway. That's how I took it. Maybe, listen, the kid has four picks. Why are we going hurry up? Let's kind of, let's slow it down so he can focus instead of worrying about the speed of the execution. Let's actually focus on the execution. This game is probably gone. So let's see if he can get him a couple of completions and uh, get some positive uh, takeaways from the game. Like you, again, uh, I am nowhere near panic- uh, the state state of panic uh, regarding uh, our coach it's way too early give me half a season as a matter of fact i'm going to look at this as a positive listen you and me realistically this was never going to be a playoff team i don't care who was telling me that they can sneak into the last wild card spot this was never supposed to be a playoff <laughs> team this is clearly not going to be a playoff team what i like is so early in the season, and if they go 0-3, 0-4, which is a very, very high possibility, probability even, I would say, uh, our coach has a mini crisis on his hands because when young guys without other experienced guys with a winning mentality start losing games, the locker room can get very dark, very sad, and losing can become almost accepted. So I'm looking at it as Salah has a early test on his hands. He has to have these guys motivated. He has to keep them showing up, getting better, improving with every live rep. And he has to stress that, listen, everybody wants to win. Nobody likes losing. But whether we're 0-3, 0-7, we have to keep showing up. It's about the Jets. It's not It's not about us as individuals feeling sorry for ourselves. We have to represent the franchise. We have to keep showing up. The effort cannot dip below the one hundred percent, below the one hundred percent line. So to me, that's a big test that I'm going to focus on. As far as judging him on the play calling and all the other stuff that goes with being a head coach, especially a new head coach in the NFL, I'm reserving judgments until he's he's had half a season of live games under his belt. Yeah, or until there's a situation you can actually judge it. I haven't seen anything that we can actually judge yet, but. Um, you know, one quick point before I, I answer you is, is we're talking about, you know, Zach Wilson being overwhelmed and, you know, maybe they just didn't trust him or have confidence in him. Meanwhile, they got Mac Jones at the line calling audibles. Yep. <laughs> they gave Mac Jones an option and he called the audible and it turned into a big play. I mean, this, this is the difference in, in, in preparation. And I'm not quite ready to, to throw Salah under the bus yet and say, well, you know, you know, he, you know, 
every you know, other coaches do this. Why can't he? But that, that that is a little bit glaring that that their quarterback was so much more prepared than ours. And that's I don't know if that's coaching or the or the quarterback, but it could be either. Um, I am willing to bet you, my friend, and I will let you name the number if you want. I'm willing to bet you the Jets are going to be 0-4. There's no question in my mind that they're not going into Denver and beating them, and they're not beating the Titans in here. Derrick Henry will will basically flatten the crap out of them. And I hope he does. Well, I'm not playing you that week in fantasy. You, you killed my, you kicked my ass today because of Derrick Henry. But um, I don't think there's any way the Jets avoid being 0-4. So I think your your um your your litmus test of the coach being able to keep them together will be will come become a reality because they'll be zero and four and they have the possibility of of going much further than that because the teams that were deeming winnable are much much better than the Jets and it depends whether they get their shit together or not because the Falcons and Bengals are and the Texans may be winnable but they are they certainly are not like gimmies in, in any sense of the word so we shall see what happens I would like to think that what I've seen from Salah and heard about Salah means that he will hold them together and motivate them but you know based on on what we've seen in six of the eight quarters, the team is just not prepared and not ready. And I don't think it's that they're not prepared to play. I just think it's that they, they're a little overmatched and overwhelmed and maybe they're young and I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's looking bleak now and we've seen it look bleak and turn around and get better. So let's, let's just hope for the best, but I, I am not that optimistic at the moment. I'm with you. I think the lack of winning players, experienced veterans, uh, and the lack of that calming presence is is definitely showing, and it's uh, it's part of growing pains. But uh, it is what it is. Just gonna have to suck it up. Uh, I am very very glad that we didn't wait until tomorrow because this game made this podcast had to happen when the wounds are still raw. Because we're, this is a dark sider podcast for a reason. And this game left such a foul taste in my mouth that I wanted to do this podcast when I still feel utterly disgusted by what I saw today. Not uh, not saying that I'm done. It's a lost season. I still in the pit of my stomach. I understand the purpose of the season. It's identify which guys are going to be the future of this team and uh, let them gain valuable live uh, live game experience. The wraps, uh, reps, all of that good stuff. But that doesn't take away that today the team stunk. I felt horrendous as a fan. I felt annoyed, embarrassed, angry, pissed off. All those things that a beaten down fan with no light at the end of the dark tunnel feels. I felt all of it today. And I had to be just, I'm just really, the podcast had to happen tonight with the raw emotion. Right. I I agree. Tomorrow I would have, I would have, uh, tomorrow night at this time, I will probably have some, some logical thing and I'll take a step back and whatever, but I will tell you that that perspective is everything, because if this game happened late last season when we were expecting it, hoping for it so that, you know, that they wouldn't win. And, you know, not that I ever wanted to see them do this, but at this time last year, not this time, later in the season last year, I was laughing at this because I expected it. I knew it was coming. If this exact game happened, and I'm pretty sure this this type of game happened multiple times, I just laugh and say, Jesus, freaking Jets, man. Now, you know, it's it's week two, new regime. You want, you know, we've both said we don't expect more than five, six wins. We want to see progress. We want to see some kind of positive result. And, and we're not seeing any. It's, it's kind of jarring in week two as opposed to week 12 when, you know, like you're, you're totally expecting it. You know it's coming. It's, 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 a, it's a little bit of a different feel. All right. So we can go through our predictions real quick. You actually were very close on a couple. I have to give you some pretty big props there. Let me pull up the stats and then our predictions. All right. So 
I had predicted that Mac Jones would be 18 of 26 with 222 yards and a touchdown and no picks. You had Mac Jones at 20 of 26, 205, one TD, one interception. Mac Jones was actually 22 of 30, which we're both fairly close with that, for 186. So we both underestimated, and he threw neither a touchdown nor an interception. So I think we we can say we were we were off pretty much pretty well on Mac Jones. Zach Wilson was a little more interesting. Zach Wilson was 19 of 33. What does that work out to? Uh, 19 divided by 33 is 57%. I don't know how that happened. I, I guess they're not counting the interceptions, but Zach Wilson was 19 of 33 for 210, no touchdowns, and as we know, four interceptions. I had him at 22 of 35 for 242, so I was I way overestimated, although I was fairly close on the on the completions and throws. Yep. I had him at one TD, one interception, way off. You had him at 18 of 28 for 215, so you were very close on the yards. You had him at a touchdown and two interceptions, so you were closer. Both uh, you had I had Wilson as the MVP. He was for the Patriots, and um, <laughs> you had Crowder. So we both uh, we both may as well just pack in our freaking shit now. Uh, we were both wrong on Crowder's stats. All right, realistic in best case we, we we didn't hit. Your worst case was right on target. You said twenty-seven to six. You were pretty close. You would have been almost perfect if they make that extra point to make it twenty-six to six. So good call there. Uh, your worst case came true. Really uh, my worst case was now you know my worst case was thirty-four to three. So I, I overestimated the Pats a little. Although thirty-four to three could have worked out if uh, the defense didn't play so well. If they would have but, lost um, by thirty-one points to a rookie quarterback in the pa- on the Patriots, I don't think I, my heart would not have recovered. I can deal with a nineteen-point loss uh, with a lot of liquor and God knows what else <laughs> I'm going to be doing tonight. But the thirty-one point loss would not have been something I could have recovered from. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else to add. I'm disgusted, and I'm hoping that uh, in the next two weeks, when we lose, we'll at least start to show some life. Um, you know, I don't want to see any more any more foreign deception games. Or we're going to be looking at what's the guy's name? Matt Green is that is that the backup? Oh Lord, Ma- Mike White. Mike White. That. I think it's Mike White. Whatever. One last point that I want to throw out before we wrap it up. Another reason why I'm very very glad that we did this tonight. I feel if we would have waited for a day or two, I would have forced my mind to rationalize once again. Well, it's the Patriots, it's Bill Belichick, it's the season where we shouldn't expect too much. Calm down, you overreacted. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I don't want this season to be an apology tour from you and me where every loss is an excuse. Well, we have a young team. Well, we have a new coach. Well, we have a rookie quarterback. Yes, we know those things. We understand those things. But I still when I expect a certain level of effort, a certain a certain outcome, certain performance, today just all across the board, to me, the team did not meet. The team completely missed the mark. Uh, the performance, the execution, it all missed the mark. And I just, I don't want this season to be an apology tour for me from the guy who is always going to look at the team because we're young and because we're inexperienced. Every mistake, every loss is going to be looked at through the. Rose uh, rosy glasses and saying, well, you know, that was to be expected. The look at the positive. You could have had six interceptions. So from that point, I'm glad we had to let him have it uh, and give it our raw, true feelings. And I think we did that. No, I completely agree. I think that, you know, you know, you can you can look at it and say all those things and still be annoyed by it all. Yes, it is true that they have a rookie quarterback. They have a young team. They have this, they have that, but so do so many other teams. I mean, how many teams are starting rookies this year? You know, four, five, something like that. 
you know, and none of them seem to be quite this bad. And if they are quite this bad on a, on a in a game, they're not this bad all the time. The Jets, you know, this game, as bad as it is, it's not even like it's not even like you can look back and and say, all right, well, you know, this is just one of those things. This doesn't happen often. Yeah, it does happen often. This is three, four times a year. This shit happens to yeah. the Jets. Maybe not four interceptions, but certainly this this disgusted feeling that everything just goes is going wrong and you can't get they can't get out of your own way. It happens all the time. So, you're right. I would like to be able to sit back and and offer some moral victories, but there are none in this game, and I'm going to force myself not to not to think that way because at the end of the day, young, not young, ready, not ready, they, they still they still need to do a better job. I agree. That's all I had on my end. We'll discuss them Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yep. All right, man. We will uh, chat sometime this week for the preview show. Uh, Jets at Denver, so that but the defense can play great again, and by the third quarter be out of gas because of the mile-high altitude, and then the Jets turn a close game into a 30-point loss. See? Coming soon. Looking forward to it.